everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-host is Victoria. And down in the chat room, Alina, moderating the chat. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Our good friend, psychic medium and author Rob Guttrow is back with us. Uh, you probably recall that he has a fantastic series of books, Pets in the Afterlife, three volumes now. It also has a number of other wonderful books, but uh, we're going to be talking about Shadow Pets this evening, a uh, piece that Rob contributed to my recent book, A Walk in the Shadows. We'll also talk about uh, Pets in the Afterlife as well, but uh, Rob, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Victoria. Nice to be back. Hey, Rob. Yeah, yeah, always great to talk to you. We just had you back in December talking about holiday spirits and ghosts, and you always have you know, a unique insight and perspective. So you know, it's going to be a, another great show talking to you. And uh, you know, I always always love your stories and different things you have to say. Thanks. Well, I have plenty of them for you. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get into it. Um, this past January, uh, January, I released the second edition to my book, A Walk in the Shadows, and I had asked you to chime in about shadow animals, and you had a number of stories about shadow pets, including some of your own, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. So I uh, added a nice section uh, in, the, in the shadow animal chapter from you uh, talking about this type of phenomena. So... Um, you know, you are one of the guys, Rob, that I always refer to when I talk about, uh, you know, shadow entities that, uh, you know, many of these are actually human spirits. Well, many of them are also uh, the, the pet ones are actually pet spirits as well. So can you give us a little bit more insight as to, you know, how that is? How do some of these pets come off as shadows rather than, you know, like uh, sure. apparitions? Um Okay. Well, for me, it's it, it's really all about energy, and that's that's really the fun right about. Because I'm actually a, a meteorologist, so um, so because they're energy, I look at any kind of ghost or spirit as um, kind of like a light bulb that doesn't have enough energy to to shine if. Um, if they're trying to get a message across. So for instance, if if an energy, if an entity doesn't have enough energy, they appear maybe as a shadow or maybe as an outline. Um, but if an entity gets a lot of energy, for instance, uh, from heat, light, water, electricity, or emotional energy, so ghosts will use fear, anxiety, depression, and anger, and spirits who have crossed will use love, faith, and hope. Those will power them. So if they get enough energy, they can become more visible. And that, that's, my, uh, that's my theory on why we see shadow pets. That yeah, explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had a number of uh, instances in which you've actually seen some of your past pets as shadows. And, and one that I found very interesting was the one in which you actually uh, saw half shadow and half apparition that one absolutely fascinated me uh, say that again because I, the sound cut out over here yeah i was saying that uh, you know you you have a number of fascinating stories about shadow pets and the one that really fascinates me is the one in which you had actually seen uh the dog as half 
uh, shadow and half apparition. The shadow and again, your, your sound keeps cutting out, and I'm not sure why. But um, I, I, if you're asking me about one of my dogs, is that what you're asking me about? Mike? Yeah, yeah, the one the one that you saw is a half shadow and half apparition. Okay, sorry, I'm having, I guess I'm having technical difficulties on this side for some strange reason. Um, so our dog Sprite passed away, and Sprite is um, Sprite is a dachshund. He's actually here on the cover of Pets in the Afterlife too. And Sprite used to love to hang out in front of the uh, the front door, and often when uh, pets will cross, they will come back and visit, and they will usually stay in the place or appear in the place that they used to favor when they were in life. So um, every now and then we would walk by the front door and there would be a little shadow about Sprite size looking like it was looking out the window at the uh, the front door. So Sprite didn't have a, it, Sprite didn't have enough energy to manifest in visible in full color, but we would see him from time to time whenever he passed. And uh, the same thing happened with, uh, with my dog Dolly that just passed away in October. I have, uh, she used to, she used to sit in the kitchen in the big bed in the corner. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I have walked in that kitchen and her shadow has been right there. That happens to us a lot too. Um, can you hear me? Or... Yes. Okay. Um, we've only been in this house about a year and I don't know if you remember or not, we have the four cats, the herd. And my daughter was getting dressed a few weeks ago, and she opened the door, and she goes, all right, all five of you, go in the other room. I was like, five. We don't have five. <laughs> Where are you getting this other one from? So I don't know we picked up another one somewhere. They just kind of hang out. <laughs> so who do you think the other cat was? Well, we had Zach. He was the one that died in the first apartment we had, and he came when we moved here. And then there's a buddy. I don't know who he is. It's a it mills around with the cats. I don't, I don't know. Do they just kind of come because it looks like a party house or? or <laughs> so usually what I found is that um, our, our pets, wherever they, wherever they pass, they will find us because the love that we share with them is like, it's like an energy, uh, like a tether, an invisible mm -hmm. tether of love that they can find us. Um, so they will do that. They'll they'll come to us wherever we are, and that that holds true too. If you go on vacation, if you go in the car, it doesn't matter where you go. Um, your pet can find you in spirit because of the love that you had for them, and that that's what acts as a as a beacon, if you will. Yeah, there's always a, a euphoria when it comes to feeding time, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and, you know, I'll be in another room, and I can even you know you can feel the energy changing. It's like oh they're awake. You know? So that's when they show up. And so I'm hoping it's not a possum or something. It's another cat, but you never know around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they do. So I have found that pets and spirit behave much the same that they did when they were in life. So mm -hmm. for instance, if your cat in spirit like to jump on the bed, you're, oh, yeah. you will very much <laughs> like to jump on the bed in spirit too. So, um, and, uh, you know, possums don't usually do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> go with that. Well, we don't keep them in the house. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, Mike has Sasquatch, so who knows? <laughs> oh, well, uh, <laughs> you're referring to that comment that I made on uh, Facebook earlier today. I was being a little silly. But, I mean, there are some out here in Ohio. Not not in my backyard. 
but not um, my cats. <laughs> not your cats. <laughs> not your cats. That's So, so um, uh, your first. Go ahead. Book, I'm sorry. Um, the dog. I'm sorry. I forgot his name. It's on. He's on your first book. Uh, Buzz. Yes, Buzz. Okay. Um, were you a pet psychic before Buzz passed? I, I know um, you said that kind of triggered you, and he was one that came that taught you how to communicate with pets. But were you communicating with pets before he passed? Yeah, no, I, w I was actually actually not. Um, it, this is uh, this is Buzz here on yeah. Pets in the Afterlife One, and um, it it really was Buzz who actually opened the door for me. Um, when I when I first started sensing. Uh, people who passed away. I was a teenager and it was always people. Um, and that was right up until 2005 until Buzz passed. Oh. But so I, I look at him as kind of a, a guardian spirit on the other side that opened the doorway for me to communicate. Oh, that's wonderful. I've, um, in the past month, so many people have lost, I don't like calling them pets, um, buddies, their canine companions, they've all passed. Is there something going on? Is like their mission complete? Are they moving on now or? Is it just a coincidence? I call them fur kids. Myself. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> okay, fur kids. Yeah, they're my children. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I think that um, if you're talking about the the environment in which we're in right now with the pandemic mm -hmm. and so forth, yeah, um, I I have found that a number of pets have stayed longer than um, than they really intended to because they want to be there for their parents okay. uh, who are stressed because they can feel they can feel oh, yeah. the stress that we're going through um, <laughs> and they know that they uh, they can offer comfort and and Victoria I will tell you that our dog Dolly uh, she was one month shy or three three weeks shy of turning 16 years old and that's, wow. in, that's incredibly old for a Weimaraner who's oh, 70 yes. pounds oh, um, wow. And you know she was uh, she was incontinent with with number one and two, and she wore a diaper. And um, I knew that she stayed longer than she intended um, because she wanted to comfort me. I, I get misty eyed easy, so <laughs> we can back to you, Mike. Um, yeah, I'll <laughs> throw it over there. Yeah, I understand. Um, there have been so many of my friends whose pets have just hung on and hung on and hung on and then poof. So, yeah. yeah, so I think that's why they're reading our emotional energy and they, they know that uh, we really need them. So, and they're the most unselfish uh, <clears throat> living things. So that's why. Yeah, I heard a long time ago that they're actually aliens and they were um, sent to Earth <laughs> to teach us how to live, or how to love unconditionally, which is, you know, you, it's actually kind of true. I mean, I'm actually happy, well, they're not my cats, but I'm actually happy to come home and see them, you know. Um, you know, it's nice because they don't judge you. Well, some of them do. But, you know. <laughs> you know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, um, I will tell you, though, that in one instance, one, uh, one of my dogs, and that was, and that was Buzz, this, this one here, um, he actually had enough energy to come through to me that I could actually visibly see him. But... He didn't have enough energy to totally, um, totally appear. I only saw his back end. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> but you knew it was him. <laughs> I well, I knew I well, I'd recognize that back end anywhere. But um, <laughs> but but seriously, it was it was I um I think it was a year 
yeah, it was a year after he passed. Um, and, and I will never forget it. I was I was alone in the kitchen. I had already adopted Dolly, who was the other Weimaraner, and she was a puppy. Um, and I saw, I clearly saw and visibly saw um, his behind. And I did, I thought it was Dolly because Dolly's the same breed. Um, and I followed, I followed the behind as it went into another room that didn't have a doorway out. And then I turned the light on and it disappeared. Oh, wow. That's how I knew it was Buzz. Uh -huh. um, and then I ran upstairs and there upstairs curled, a, curled up asleep on my bed was Dolly <clears throat> because I thought it was Dolly. Mm -hmm. You know, um, <laughs> that was, that was. Um, it gets your heart going, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Uh, pretty shocking, really. Do, do Buzz and Dolly ever um, play together or relate or hang out together? Are they accepting or? So uh, Buzz passed in February 2005. I, I adopted Dolly in March 2005. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but Dolly, I, Dolly has seen him when, you know, when Dolly was alive, she did uh -huh. see him. Um, and actually, um, one of the stories in my Pets in the Afterlife 3 book um, uh, involves Buzz um, because um, when when our pets are, are getting ready to pass, just like people, we see people and pets on the other side. Mm -hmm. And uh, this incident happened to me and Dolly um, the morning I knew that she was going to cross over. So the, long story short, she had a, a disc that was slipping within 24 hours. One of the discs in her back slipped out at, in 24 hours and rendered her unable to walk. Her back legs were rendered useless. Right. And, and, you know, at 16 years old and she was incontinent and she just let me know that she was, she was done. So yeah. we, we had called the, the mobile vet to come over that day, uh, the next day. And I slept on the floor in the kitchen with her and our youngest uh, dachshund slept with me <clears throat> because we both were both very bonded to Dolly. Mm -hmm. Three o'clock in the morning, um, she woke up and now she was on she was on some pain medicine and uh, to keep her comfortable. But <clears throat> she picked her head up and that was unusual because her spine was, you know, right. getting away. And she stared, she turned and stared <clears throat> at a doorway in the kitchen. And I tried to get her to go back to sleep. I wasn't looking at what she was looking. Mm -hmm. Finally, she wouldn't turn away. And I said, okay, what, what in the world are you staring at? And I turned and I looked at that doorway out of the, to the kitchen. And there standing there was Buzz and Sprite and Franklin, our three dogs that had passed, uh -huh. my mom and dad. And our friend Ed, and it was only for seconds. They were mm -hmm. all there. And uh, um, it, of course, it was really emotional for me. But um, oh yeah, they're like welcoming her, welcoming her, welcoming her. But they were there to let me know that they were they were going to be there to help 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 Dolly cross later that day. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. I, I know that's uh, you know very emotional for you so we appreciate you sharing that uh everybody you can uh check out rob's website we have the link down in the description below on the youtube live stream here robgutro.com uh, and um, of course you could find 
uh, all three of the uh, Pets in the Afterlife books there, one, two, and three, as well as all of his other books out there on his website. And he also has a fantastic blog, so don't just check out the website for the books. You also want to uh, stay tuned to that blog because Rob posts a lot of uh, great articles and insight and all kinds of wonderful things out there. So he's a, a fantastic uh, resource and, of course, great friend as well. Um, so, Rob, uh, you've had a lot of these, uh, you know, amazing, um, you know, interactions, you know, with with, with your own pets. But um, you know, there, a lot of people see other, um, you know, shadow animals as well, like cats. And I know you you provided a story for uh, the, the, the one of the cats there in uh, what you submitted for a walk in the shadows. But other people that I've talked to have seen other things as well, like shadow spiders, shadow snakes. It seems like almost uh, any of these animals could possibly be a shadow. Does it just all come down to that energy? Yeah, it all, it all pretty much comes down to energy, I think. Um, and you know, even the uh, even the wild animals, I think that that people have reported seeing, um, like driving on the highway and and so forth. Um, you know, I, sometimes if you're if you're driving down the highway and you think you see a deer and there really isn't a deer there, uh, but you see a, you saw a shadow, it may have been a deer that that passed and. Um, either decided to come back and look for its loved ones to give them a sign or or maybe just stay earthbound as um as a ghost but typically i find that pets will pet, all pets will cross i i think about 98 percent of the pets that i've encountered have have crossed over just a very few have not are there ones that just want to hang out here and hang around with us or, or eventually they'll all go um, well, they, there have been a couple that ha, that I've run into that that have decided to stay, and um, one was a cat on a paranormal investigation that I ran into, and the other one was a dog actually that I actually saw um, in in color, um, and that was a ghost dog in England. Um, I, I'll never forget it because he. Uh, I didn't expect to go into a museum and find a dog running around in there. <laughs> and when I asked about it, they said, there's no dog in here. Not until I talked to the docents that, that worked in the museum that had said that they've seen the ghost of a little dog who turned out to be the owner's dog back in the 1800s. And oh, wow. that dog stayed behind. I could hear, hear Toby you back there. Hear, hear no, what Toby. You, not cats. One of my not cats, um, I was telling Mike earlier, he actually <laughs> speaks English. And, you know, people don't believe me, but he was sitting outside my door this morning going, Mom, Mom. <laughs> and I was like, who's calling me? You know, and I opened the door and it's the cat, but he's he's going up and down the stairs now going, Mom. So anyway. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, <laughs> well you know, um, so I have to tell you both that when I do pet readings, I... <clears throat> I need to actually look at a picture of the pet. And um, I ask people to email me a picture of their pet and the pet's name and um, any questions they may have. And, and the pet will actually communicate to me in language. Now, I'm, I'm likely interpreting their information or um, you know their thoughts and their images, but I, that's, that's the way I hear it. I actually hear it sometimes in words. Uh -huh. And um, they also give me numbers too that may be significant. Um, and, are, they like, are they like lottery numbers or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, I can hope. <laughs> if I get the lottery number, I would, I'd be out you know, <laughs> on, a, on a warm island right now. <laughs> I was, I'm looking for a picture for Zach, but, um, man, I take a lot of cat pictures for them not being my cats. <laughs> you do. You do. You post a lot of cat photos and you always, you always put the hashtag, not my cat, but, yeah. and that's why no. I say, you know, for, for you, it's more of you're their human. It, it pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we do have some questions here from the chat. So, Victoria, while you're finding that, okay. um, right. <laughs> I'll go ahead and oh, I have to scroll back up to it because I did it in the wrong place here. Um, so we'll, we'll take this question as pertaining to uh, shadow animals. But Hans, the hat man, uh, do you think shadow people can feel the elements, i.e. temperature, feeling, taste and smell? So do you think, um, you know, the uh, uh, these shadow pets would feel the elements like that? No, I really don't think that, that the elements would really affect them um, because really, I, I, again, I look at them as beings of energy. So um, it's like a sunbeam. Would you know? Do do you think a sunbeam would feel um, you know raindrops falling? You know, if 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 a sunbeam was coming through the clouds and rain was falling, a sunbeam wouldn't experience it. Um, it, it it is really energy with a conscience and, and memory, um, but they don't have the same feelings that we do in so the physical. Tell me more about these uh, spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow spiders. Okay. I don't know if you can see this or not. Let's see. Uh, wait, go this the, way. Uh, let me make you full screen. Okay. Here. What is that? Is, that's Zach. That's the first cat. He was an alien, I think, because he had green eyes. <laughs> And he would sneak around and drink our milk. <laughs> so, very Yeah, he was. Um, whenever Star Trek was on, he would come and watch Star Trek with me. <laughs> so, yeah, every picture we took, his eyes would light up like that. So, I don't know. I think he was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Anyway. Well, it could have been his magnetic personality shining through. That's true. I guess. Yeah, yeah could have been. Could have been. He he was the one that had the broken back and his jaw was broken and his whole body was broken. Oh. So, you know, we took him so basically he would have a place to die. Oh my gosh. But you know, he had a good three months with us. So question here from Papa Bear zero uh, zero one. Do people see cats more than dogs or vice versa? That's a good question. Um and I have found that they're they're pretty much uh, on par with each other. Um, it, you know, it really depends on how observant the pet parent is after the pet passes. Um, and pretty much every single pet will try and uh, materialize in some way as a shadow if they, if they can or visibly. Um, uh, and there's many other ways that pets, of course, can come, you know, can, can give you signs that they're around. You may see a paw print in your bath mat or on your bed. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who have experienced that. Um, can you imagine that? Having your having your dog pass away, and then three three four weeks later, there's no dog in the house, but there's certainly a paw print in your bath mat. That would be yeah. wild. Yeah. <laughs> or like um, an indentation on your bed where the cat's not supposed to be, but he's there anyway. <laughs> but there it is. Yeah. Yes. So there's been many, many accounts of those things happening. Wow. For both cats and dogs. 
do the um, animals, once they've crossed over, do they ever come back for like, you know, to protect or warn you or to give you a heads up? Or is it just, hey, because I love you, I'm coming back? Uh, they do both, actually. Um, so, so pets can act as our guardians. I mean, typically, you know, more, more so dogs. Dogs act more as, as guardians, um, although cats do as well. Um, but dogs, it's more, I guess, ingrained in their character right. to be more guardians. Um, so they do come back. Um, and they will, they, and it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in a car and your dog will be there in spirit. And your dog may protect you from from harm if you get in an accident. And I've actually talked to some people about that too, who have thought they've seen their dog in the back seat um, right when they're getting in an accident. Oh and they believe their dog was responsible for either protecting them from harm. And in one case, somebody swore their dog took them out of the car. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy. that's yeah, that's uh, extremely interesting that it would actually pull somebody out of a car. Um, See, Mike, that's why you need pets, Mike. Not allowed <laughs> here at this at this house, unfortunately. So uh, next Bunny house, rabbit. though, Nicole Nicole and I have talked about that. So bunny rabbits, they're in a cage outside. <laughs> you know. <laughs> a little chilly for a cage outside with with bunny rabbits. I'd feel oh, that's bad right. You live up, if they had to, you live up north. <laughs> you know, we live in the north, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit of a different vein, Rob, because um, I, I do get this question quite a bit when you know I'm talking about you know shadow entities and people go down you know asking about shadow animals and, and all that. So again, I always refer them to you, but um, the question of things like hellhounds will come up mm -hmm. a lot. Are, are these just something totally different? Are they in the same vein? What do you think, you know, some of these interesting, you know, kind of more nefarious sightings like that are actually are? I think there's someone's mother-in-law. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get some heat for that, but it's just... <laughs> um, so what I think about those, you know, those, those, strange looking entities is that I, I likely think that they may be um, they may be life forms from another planet universe um, that have come to earth because as energy you know there's, uh, there's obviously life out there there's you know I, I've said this before there's like 3800 cataloged planets another 4,800 waiting to be certified um, and there's a number of them that are in the right position to support life um, we actually we even found a, a molecule in Venus's atmosphere uh, that may be indicative of life. Um, and we're looking for water on Mars right now. So plus there's water on Titan, um, the, uh, one of Saturn's moons. So there's definitely life out there. Um, I just think that they may be entities from another universe that come here and they look weird when they materialize. That kind of makes sense. And then, you know, we just kind of, you know, in our own context, try to relate it to something and, you know, comes out as, you know, hellhound or some other crazy creature. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, we have some other questions here. Uh, I try to make sense, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Stacy Comiskey. Rob, can you read pets that have not passed to? No, that would be an animal communicator. 
So that is a different gift. That's a great question. I get that a lot. So animal communicators have the ability to to read to read living animals and figure out like what's what's ailing them, why they're behaving oddly, and so forth like that. Um, I, as a medium, kind of a medium rare, I can only <laughs> communicate with people that uh, and pets that passed. So um, you know, of course, the exception is my dogs. I know exactly what they want when they want it. I have a really good connection with them because it's I'm very, it's very they're very personal. But they're your, your family. I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, also, people that master uh, Reiki, the art of Reiki, the energy, um, they also can look at a pet and figure it out. Um, I've done a little bit of Reiki um, and um, just very little, and and I was actually able to nail down the personality of a bird and uh, a cat. Um, just by looking at their picture, um, but it, it takes a lot more for me to do that. So, um, yeah. So, animal communicators for living pets. Yeah, bird would a bird would be hard to read because you know we got one of those two here, and he's crazy. <laughs> he's just like a little yeah crazy bird. <laughs> we love all yeah. the little birds that we get out here at yeah. the feeder. We get we get tons of them and it, it's interesting because you you kind of grow attached to them you kind of start recognizing some of them you watch all the bird drama going on oh my god <laughs> yes oh bird geez. drama okay. there's so yes. much bird drama i mean yeah. it sounds like a new netflix show <laughs> yeah it's coming in the fall is. yes no yeah, my daughter has a cockatiel and we swear he's a cranky little old man you know because he hisses and he throws seeds when you walk in the room he'll throw them at you <laughs> Because he's, he's fifteen, and, and you know, and when that when that bird passes and and he comes back in spirit, he's going to be doing the same thing. So you may see seeds flying over the house, you know, <laughs> the house. and then you wonder, and then you, you know, you have to think about it. I don't actually, think he's ever going to pass. I mean, <laughs> he's fifteen. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Those birds can last a long time. Well, now you tell me. Yeah, yeah live to be like forty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I hope not. I don't want to go into my retirement age and have that bird there. <laughs> so, not my bird. Uh, question here. Yeah, not your bird. <laughs> not my question bird. here from uh, Pungi Fungi. I wonder if pets will ever be reborn into human and vice versa. We will. Will we be reborn into animal form? If we're lucky. Um, yeah, no. So, well, so in my experience, my experience is that we don't really <clears throat> cross over in the animal kingdom. Um, you know, I'm, nobody knows, but with all of the pets that I communicate with on the other side, um, they, uh, several of them have been old souls, which means that they've lived before. Um, and they have, uh, they were pets in the previous life. They were animals in the previous life and they, they come back as animals. Um, and, um, you know, same thing with people. Um, one of the things I like to say is, have you ever seen a grown man or woman sitting there just licking their palms like a cat? <laughs> oh, wait, Mike. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe, when, maybe when they're, you know, two. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't. So, uh, you know, and we... <laughs> Especially when you're younger, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we're more privileged to uh, our previous life, 
you know, you'll often hear little kids like three, four, five years old say things they never could have possibly known. Um, right. And they're always human. So, um, but no, I don't think that we uh, we cross kingdoms. But wouldn't it be cool if we could? <laughs> I would like to. Yeah, my husband always says he wants to come back as my dog because I treat the oh. dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to be a Yikes. homeless animal. You know, no. Rob treats his, his fur babies well, I'm sure. I do. Yeah, my, my kids are everything. Do they wear clothes yeah. when it gets cold? They do. Okay. They're <laughs> haired. You're my kind of people, Rob. <laughs> Uh, another question here from uh, Rick Gabbard. You kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but do you think pets who have passed on can still come around to protect their owners and new pets they own now? Yeah, yeah. As we mentioned, they uh, they certainly do come back around and and protect us. Um, and the other thing too is that they uh, they'll also lead us to another pet that they want us to adopt. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, and. Uh, if you here's something interesting that that I've, I've been doing a lot of readings about pets that have come back that uh, give messages rather um, about whom they want to adopt. And what's funny is some of those pets, uh, particularly dogs, will say. Lately, I've heard I don't. It's okay if my dad and mom adopt another dog. I would love that for them to give them give them a home, but. If it's a male, you know, if, if I'm reading a male dog, sometimes a male dog will say, I only want them to adopt a female because I don't want them to, uh, I don't want another male in the house. <laughs> or <laughs> I want to be the only male dog. Um, you know, yeah. we had um, pugs when I lived in Arizona. I had uh, two males, Eric and Percy. Um, don't ask me why. I don't know why his name was Eric, but that, that's the name he came with. Um, and, you know, I lost them in the divorce. So when I moved back to Texas, we got two more dogs. And Eric is the perfect pug name. So we named him Eric 2. You know, kind of as a <laughs> tribute, you know, it's like, Eric 2, come inside, you know. Because <laughs> you can never replace the first one. But, yeah, it's such a great name. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's that's an important point, though. People sometimes will feel guilt thinking they're replacing a pet. You're, and um, our pets really want us to know that we're not replacing them. You know, oh, yeah. like you, you know, like you said, um, they want us to know that it's okay to adopt another pet and give a pet that wouldn't have the chance of a, a loving home to have a loving home, and especially do it in their memory. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like today I was going to take a nap on the sofa. There's a perfect. It's like the alignment of the sun of you know, on solstice or something, and the sunbeam comes in and hits the sofa just at the right spot. So I was going to take a nap. Next thing I know, I had three cats on me. I'm like, no, no, my sunbeam. But they come down. <laughs> yeah, that's the danger about sleeping in a sunny spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they all come down. Yeah, that's, I find that. But this is a uh, it's an interesting topic, though, because I, I do see a lot of people like immediately after losing a pet, you know, they will reacquire like immediately. They'll adopt another another pet. Um, mm -hmm. And so I guess in I always wonder if 
you know, there, there should be a little bit more grieving or there should be a little bit more space, but it sounds like you're saying that, you know, that, you know, that's okay. It's, you know, you're, you're actually helping out another pet by doing that. Yeah, it, it's perfectly fine. Um, but sometimes <clears throat> the pet will want us to wait a little bit. Um, you know, they want a, a little space and it's always good to wait just a, a little bit, you know, maybe not adopt the next day. Um, give yourself some time to grieve um, because we have to process this grief. It's really a, a, it's a physical loss. And what it does is it creates, it, it totally upends our routine. Um, it totally uh, gives us a feeling of emptiness. Um, you know, when uh, we lost two dogs in 2020, when I was writing Pets in the Afterlife 3, Franklin the Dachshund and Dolly the Weimaraner. And it was, a, it was horrible. It, it was a brutal year. Um, the emptiness, the pain and the emptiness were just gut-wrenching. Um, you know, I would, walk, <clears throat> I would walk by Dolly's bed and I would just tear up. Um, <clears throat> I would always be looking out, outside for Franklin because he loves sitting in the sun. Um, and, and you know, the night the night we had to say goodbye to Franklin, my husband and I just bawled. It was just awful. Um, you know, and this is during, of course, the pandemic, when fortunately the vet let us come into the the vet hospital with him. But still, it was just it was just awful. Um, so that emptiness doesn't go away, and we have to process that that grief. So in Pets in the Afterlife Three, one of the things that makes this book different. <clears throat> um, First of all, it's all about messages from spirit dogs. And um, a, a really good friend of mine who's a medical psychologist, uh, Dr. William Charmack, he wrote, uh, he wrote a full chapter on how to deal with grief and loss. And there are some really good uh, tips in there about how to do that. Um, you know, he, he says... Uh, um, you know, keep in mind that <clears throat> that feelings uh, are both friends and betrayers. Some feelings are helpful to help to get over the grief. Others, others are not. Um, he he says rely on thinking and not feelings. Um, there are a number of things that I did too that that I felt were really helpful. I also added parts uh, to this chapter, and one of the things I found was to <clears throat> to post. Um, something on social media to let your friends know. And the messages, even if it's a support by saying, I'm sorry for your loss, that means so very much to anybody who lost a pet. Um, just a quick note. The other thing too is that <clears throat> always say I'm here if you wanna talk. Mm -hmm. um, more than not, we really wanna hear somebody's voice to help us. <clears throat> either get through something or just listen, just listen to somebody because they're going through a terrible loss. And that's with people too. I mean, the, the grieving people want just to be heard. You know, even if they just want to sit there and cry on the phone, just let them do that because it's really healing. Yeah, I think so many of my friends have lost um, fur babies is what we call um, since the pandemic has started. And I have one friend in particular who's taking it really, really hard. So I mm -hmm. referred her to your books, of course. Oh. And um, <laughs> so this was just a couple of weeks ago. And um, 
So I, I heard you say something on another interview where um, a lot of times because the the pets or fur babies or whatever are have such a short lifespan that we actually do see them as our children. So it it's even harder when you think, oh, my God, I'm a parent and this is like my child. It's much more than just it's an animal connection. It's, you know, it really is your your child, basically. But in yeah, fact, yeah, exactly, Victoria. That's 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 exactly how I feel, and that that's what I I tell people is that, you know, we we raise our pets the same way we raise our human children. Um, Mike, you know, you have children. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always told for for the for the longest time, and this was more my ex-wife's doing because she didn't want a pet for so long that we ended up telling them that well, we we already have four pets. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we, we ended up with a cat uh, when we moved to Oklahoma, um, which the, the cat kind of came with the house. So we inherited do. the cat. But yeah, you know, you know, the it, difference is you, you can't crate train your child. You have to actually, you know, take care of them. Oh, you I was always... supposed to take the children out of the crates. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> only when the social worker comes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so so like human children, I I always say that you know <clears throat> there's we we take them to school, we teach them to go to the bathroom, we teach them to interact well with others, we teach them um, to eat all their their food, um, we give them their medicine, we take them to the doctor, we take them to school. Um, and the only thing is, the only difference is they, they don't grow up and marry someone you don't like and leave you. <laughs> you know, Thank that's goodness. the only difference. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, they, they live a short time, you know, between 10 and 15 years usually. And um, as much as I would have loved our, our dogs to live longer, um, I understand that if they did live longer and they lived into extreme old age with more infirmities that I would have been extraordinarily worried more about them. You know, um, so we have to understand that, you know, they, they live here for a certain amount of time and, and they're here to teach us what unconditional love means. And that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So Rob, you have uh, three uh, different, uh, I guess, additions of, of pets in the afterlife, number one, two, and three. Uh, can you give us kind of the rundown of what each of these volumes are about? Sure. Uh, well, Pets in the Afterlife 1, the one with Buzz, the Weimaraner, on the left-hand side, um, that one has more of a basis of science in there, uh, more of an introduction about, about the science. So the science of how dogs learn, um, how dogs think, um, and uh, also there's a, a, a further, a, a good explanation about the scientific study that proves that dogs have the same emotions people do by an experiment done by Dr. Gregory Burns in Emory University using MRIs and studying the caudate of the brain, caudate section of the brain. If you don't know what that is, you can Google it, <laughs> but I explain <laughs> it in the book. Um, Pets in the Afterlife 3 also has chapters by three other mediums that I know and how they communicate with their dogs after they passed, plus my own experiences with Buzz and other pets that I read. Um, dogs and cats. Pets in the Afterlife 2 is filled with stories 
from readings that I've done and also experiences that people have had with dogs, cats, horses, and birds. So the whole gamut. Um, and Pets in the Afterlife 3 is all about dogs because I've had so many stories from dogs. Plus it teaches you how to work through your grief. Um, and again, all of these books, Mike, are incredibly personal and emotional for me yeah. because book number one features my dog Buzz that passed, book number two features my dog Sprite that passed, and book number three features Dolly and Franklin who passed. So all of my fur kids have um, a lot of science to teach people what to look for, and that's why I wrote the books. Um, if you read these stories, you'll learn all the different ways that people can, I mean, pets can communicate, um, including one on Pets in the Afterlife 3 is one of my favorite stories about a dog that used social media. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Use social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Do you have a Twitter account or what? I mean, I mean what? <laughs> Uh, not its own, but <laughs> it's about Facebook. And oh, okay. This is, um, and I have to thank my friend Dan, um, who shared the story. He actually came to me with it. So and Dan is a, uh, a gentleman that I befriended after I did a reading for him for his dog. And I, I love sharing this story because it's a quirky way that pets can use some different kind of medium, no pun intended, to get a message across. Um, so Dan... Dan uh, volunteered at a, uh, an animal shelter, and he, um, he bonded with this one dog that was in the shelter for a couple months, a little dog that had really bad heartworm when he, when he was given up into the shelter. Um, and Dan took a, a special liking to him. He really doted on him. But when COVID hit, all the dogs in the shelter had to be immediately fostered because they were shutting the shelter down. Mm -hmm. Dan couldn't foster the dog because he worked 10, 12-hour days. So... A family fostered the dog. Long story short, um, within within two months, the heart the heartworm that that uh, the dog had contracted actually took his life. Oh, um, Dan was heartbroken. Um, a month, or I think it was a month or two after, um, Dan said that he was on his Facebook page, and. Um, he was scrolling, and there was a video from the shelter that he worked at, and the still image was of this dog. Oh, oh wow. Here's the weird part. Normally, when you have a video, the freeze frame is usually within the first five or ten seconds. Right? Typically? Right. Sure. Um well, Mike, you're the video master. So <laughs> um, this dog was only shown for two seconds in a clip at one minute and 47 seconds into the video. Oh, wow. But the dog appeared on the screen when Dan looked at the, at the video. But when I brought the video up, his picture wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> that was not the still image. Interesting. That I had. <clears throat> so... He had a human, obviously, in spirit, help him manipulate that screen, that video, so Dan would know that he is still very much with Dan. Oh, oh that's wow. nice. Yeah, that's really that's sweet. Crazy. Very, very interesting. The no, such thing as are... no, I mean. Right. <laughs> no. 
Now we get crazy cat pictures on my Facebook every now and then. I'm like, oh, I miss the cat. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not my cat. You, you missed your cat. Uh-huh. I missed uh-huh. the space alien the, <laughs> with the green eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so Vets can also tell me, like, who's on the other side with them. <clears throat> um, they give me numbers, which have significance. Um, um, I think the last time I was on, I, <clears throat> I told you a story that I was going to put in here about that number 512 and that dog um, <clears throat> that shared that number and the the dad finally contacted me eight months later and said he figured out what it meant. Turned out right. it was a medical code. He was a doctor. Um, so that whole story is in there. <clears throat> and the medical code was exactly what the dog passed of. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Very smart dog. <laughs> but it took eight months for him to figure that out because when he saw a patient in his office, a human patient, uh-huh. and he was writing down the medical chart, code 512, and then he said, that's what my dog passed away from. Wow. And he was like, so, so I mean, of course, he, he immediately contacted me and he said, here he is eight months later. I finally figured out what this number meant. I can't believe that my dog gave you that number. So, so would he just tell him the really number to, to confirm that he's okay or, hey, I'm thinking of you or? Yeah, so, so what, so, Dogs will give me something intensely personal that only the parent will know so that they will be able to know that the dog is still very uh, much around them and still okay. Okay. Well, that's comforting. I like yeah. that. But these aren't my so cats. We have, <laughs> not cats. So I have an interesting question here from Monica. She says, I've been told I have a dog and cat spirit around me. However, I've never owned either. Is there a reason for this? Sure, they very well, very well maybe. Um, if your parents <clears throat> had a dog or a cat, or your grandparents had a dog or a cat, um, they may be your guardian, um, like your spirit guides. Because Buzz is my spirit guide. So even passing down from generation to generation, you could end up with some relative's uh, pet that's looking out for you or or, or something of that ilk. Sure, absolutely. Just like a grandparent can become a, uh, a spirit guide, <clears throat> um, so can a, um, a pet. You know, if it, and a grandparent in spirit can send that pet because they were either close, to the, very close to the pet, or the pet was very protective of them, and they they want that for uh, their loved ones here on Earth. Do you think a, a, a certain pet could be part of our spirit tribe? Like it's eventually going to come to us sooner or later because we're connected somehow? Or is it just random? I'm, I'm not sure I understand the, yeah, like you would have the like a, spirit tribe. Uh, a group of spirits, of souls that are, we're always together through incarnations. Oh, yeah. I think that all our pets will, will stay around us uh, whenever we come back. Okay. Um, and and that's a, that, that brings up a good point, too, is that often people will tell me um, they think their dog, their dog or cat that has passed is reincarnated in their current dog or cat. And I did a special chapter on that. That was my very last chapter of this book um, because a woman wrote me and she said, another medium told me that my dog has been reincarnated in my current dog, even though the new dog was born um, before the other dog died. 
How's that possible? Hmm. It's not possible. It's not possible. Timing doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. And, and another one said that, you know, even though her dog died before, um, she also said, you know, my dog is reincarnated in this other dog. And I, and I wrote back and I said, um, I, you know, it's not my experience. My experience is that our pets wait for us on the other side. But your dog can show signs or habits that your other dog had in, that's now in spirit because your dog in spirit comes back and trains them to do things that they used to do. And so the reason is, they do that is so that you will know the dog in spirit is guiding your new dog. So could the dog in spirit come back and tell your current dog, hey, she really likes it when you bite her toe or something? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a little, okay. Sure. It could be a bad or a good habit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's Toby. Yeah, yeah. there's Toby. one of your not cats there. <laughs> could you see him? <laughs> yeah, you, you walked by. Yeah. No, it was my shadow cat. No. <laughs> your shadow cat. So, Rob, no. there is a Pets in the Afterlife 4 coming, correct? There is. I don't want to show favoritism. Uh, Pets in the Afterlife 4 will be about uh, messages from spirit cats. So for all you so, cat lovers, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not being partial. Um, <laughs> I, I just I was working on the dog book first because our, you know, our, our dog, Franklin, um, had passed. And um, well, Franklin and Dolly's signs and there were a lot of them. Um, were fresh in my mind. I needed to get this book out. Yeah, I totally understand. And so, number three, messages from spirit dogs. Uh, number four, is it going to be message from messages from spirit cats? Or are you going it, to? Yeah, it will be. Okay. <laughs> it's you know, I, I pretty much already have it together, but it's going to be a couple of years before I publish it because they're like, I've got seven. On the seven books in the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I work a full-time job, so... You do. You do. Yeah. You're a meteorologist. <laughs> remember remember yeah, Rob's the club? a meteorologist. Remember the club yeah. I told you about? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be good. <laughs> By the way, we passed uh, Meteorological Spring, which was March 1st. Yes. We're, we were into summer this weekend. It was already in the 80s, so um, it's cold again. <laughs> Mike and I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, no, because hey. you know today was a nice, bright, sunny day, and it's like, oh, it's going to be wonderful. It was thirty degrees. Like, oh. Hey, our weather tried to kill us last week, so <laughs> that's true. Oh my right. god! <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was insane. Yeah, thank goodness we had the cats because they did keep us warm. We shoved so, them all um, into a blanket. <laughs> uh, just a note, because I'm a meteorologist, I, I just want to tell you and everybody listening that if you do live in <clears throat> the southern U.S especially Texas, Oklahoma, and those areas. Uh, because of the way the topography is in the U.S., cold air sinks, and it, it is sinking further and further south. And that's because um, because the climate, the global climate is warming, and the Arctic was warming, and that pushed all the cold air down south. It displaced the Arctic air from the Arctic down into the U.S. Um, and that's going to happen regularly now. Um, oh. It's going to be that far south. But we were in a La Nina, weren't we? This, this, because we were hot all the way. La Nina is developing, but that's yeah, that's in the that's the cold water in the Pacific. 
but it's really the uh, it's really the global temperatures that are going to continue. That's why we get colder winters, we get ar more Arctic outbreaks, and we get hotter summers. And that's so, what, that's what a warmer world does. So the jet streams like dipping down further. That's correct. So the yep. hurricanes are going to be more intense. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's correct. <clears throat> okay, I I heard interesting that they may extend the um, hurricane season. I heard this the other day. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, so I I have I just had to throw that in, Mike. Sorry about that. A little. No, uh, not a problem. I'm a weather geek. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, that's what I do. No, and a lot of people are, are interested in that. Uh, Nick Moulet down in the chat was uh, saying that uh, he's a uh, he's a part time storm chaser. So yeah, Excellent. there's, there's oh, yeah. definitely some crossover interest. So, yeah, and a but, lot of people will relate, you know, the weather to supernatural yeah, I, paranormal activity as well. There are two things that affect us every single day, even if we don't leave the house. One is weather, and the other one is spirit. Um, weather, because even if you don't leave the house, if there's a low-pressure system outside, um, the high pressure in your body will push on every joint, and you will feel aches and pains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because high pressure flows to low pressure. Um, and the other thing is spirits. So spirits will come and go and watch over us in the house whenever we need them. So weather and spirits, the two areas of my interest will always affect you no matter what you do, where you go. Yeah, my, uh, my old boss used to say I have rain brain because like the day before it rains, I get the migraines. And I get the migraines. <laughs> that, the well, migraines. That's pretty awful. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah, that's not that's not a good way to try to you know predict the weather there, Victoria. Well, I know what to wear the next day, you know. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Yeah. I got rain brain, so anyway. All right. Well, we are winding <laughs> down toward the end of the show. Just a couple of minutes left here. Uh, I'll, I'll put the books back up here for Pests in the Afterlife One, Two, and Three. We do have the or uh, in the description below. We do have the link to Rob's website, and I'll put the ticker up here again, uh, where you can actually find the books, find his blog, all of that wonderful stuff, robguttrow.com. Um, Rob, where else can uh, can people find you? Uh, in bed in about an hour. <laughs> um, no. um, they can find me. Actually, if they type in petspirits.com, if they can't figure out how to spell my name, it goes to the, it goes to the same place. Um, but if you go on Amazon and type in G-U-T-R-O, I don't think there is another with my uh, crazy name. Um, so <laughs> There's only can... one Rob. Short but crazy, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a massive French name, you know. So um, anyway, so that's where they can find me. Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, too. Um, they could just type it in. Um, but, I, you know, I love questions. I love getting questions, and I, I try to answer questions, especially – on weekends, I do readings now on weekends. Um, so I started doing that in January, Mike, because I just got, I get overwhelmed. Um, mm -hmm. And I do them on weekends. Um, and I just ask people to send me a picture of their pet, the pet's name, any questions they may have <clears throat> by email. And I, I just charge uh, $10 on PayPal. So oh, nice. Oh, there you and my books are only $10. So, I mean, yeah, I'm cheap. <laughs> 
I didn't say easy. I said cheap. <laughs> right, <saying>. right. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. In, oh, inexpensive. How about that? <laughs> I'm not cheap. I'm not easy. No, anyway, um, what's your favorite cloud? How do you feel about Stratocumulus? <laughs> Just kidding. I prefer the cumulus <laughs> ones. But by the way, I see all these weather questions in your uh, in your chat, Mike. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, you can send me weather questions <laughs> on my. Uh, yeah, yeah. N Nicole has one here. Does that mean it's going to get warmer in the north? Yes. In the summer. Yeah. You know, um, using satellite data, we've already been able to see that um, that uh, boreal forests are are retreating further north. Um, th those are the northern forests, and that um, at things that never grew in the mid latitudes, like crepe myrtles. You couldn't grow a crepe myrtle in Maryland before, and yeah. now they thrive in Maryland because the temperature, the climate has warmed over the last, especially over the last 20, 30 years. But when the permafrost starts melting, is that going to bring like like horrible diseases and bacteria that we haven't had for millennia or something? Um, it, well, it's it's certainly going to uh, <clears throat> unleash some some methane that's been trapped <laughs> underground, um, yeah. and uh, you know. Also, we've, we've been seeing the uh, the Arctic melting. We're seeing uh, in, in the summer, the Arctic Circle is as um, the ice content is smaller and smaller. Pretty soon, in our lifetime, we may see an open passage in the Arctic Ooh. in the summertime. That's scary. It is because that means a lot of a lot of people who live in Miami will be like living in Atlantis. <laughs> don't buy oceanfront property yeah. oh no yeah yeah it'll be underwater soon unless you're i mean maybe you're going to open a scuba business oh there you go yeah so, <laughs> so yeah so uh you know climate climate change is real it's been happening for a long time and um yeah. and we we just keep exacerbating it but anyway um on another note keep your spirits up um, talk to your loved ones uh, on the other side, pets and people. Um, if you want to get a message from your loved ones, I would, I would ask them before you go to bed, ask them to come into your dreams. It's the easiest way they can communicate. Um, and uh, as I said, my books have contained many different ways that pets can communicate with you. And just know that that love lasts forever. And I'll leave it there. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rob. It's always a pleasure uh, having you with us on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. You're, you know, always a wealth of information. And, you know, people really, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, pets are really like uh, children to us. And, you know, that that's something that uh, a topic everybody's always, always has questions about. And it really affects them to their heart, even, of course, after they've passed. So thank you once again, Rob, for all of your insight on pets in the afterlife. Thank you both. And I'm glad Thanks, I only Rob. teared up once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good evening, my friend. <laughs> All right. You too. Thank you both. Bye, Rob. Bye-bye.